0: As, far as work rate goes, no feud has ever come close to Toshiaki Kawada and Akira Tawe versus Mitsuharu Misawa and Kenta Kobashi. And it's for a number of reasons. The stage was set, of course, by two years, two and a half years really, of Misawa and the what, New Generation Army, and of course, Tsurudagon. And it was Misawa, Kobashi, and Kawada against Saruda and the various others who were there, one of whom was Akira Tawe. And there was, of course, the Tawe versus Kawada feud. And then it transitioned to Kawada and Misawa being opposing forces. So it was obvious that this was going to happen at some point, that the break was going to be between Kawada and Misawa. And they were both going to lead factions. And what's interesting is not just how amazing the matches were, but how within the matches themselves, the work evolved. And when we start at June 1st, 1993, the first high-profile match between these two teams, you see not the full-formed feud yet. That would be later in the year, and we'll talk about that one extensively. But what you do see is an amazing amount of hard work within the top-notch All Japan tag team style. How big is that style? I'm glad you asked. When you look at the best All Japan stuff of the early 90s, yes, you're looking at, of course, Miss and Kawada. But also look at things like uh, Ogawa and Kobashi versus Furnace and LaFon versus or is it Dan Crawford out there. I think it is actually. When you look at the way that even the Fantastics, Patriot and Eagle, the way that those matches were worked was not the same as when you got what they call the Four Pillars of Heaven matches, which started later in the year with the finals of the tag tournament, the Champions Carnival. World's best tag team? I can never remember what they call it. And when we talk about that, we'll see sort of how those matches evolve to that. But here, this is easily the best tag team of a traditional All Japan style. And it's interesting in that while Misawa was the big dog, while he was the highest pillar, he didn't get the win here. Instead, that went to Kawada, who pinned Kobashi. Now, a number of the elements of what made the Four Pillars of Heaven matches so amazing are here. And I would rate this as a five-star match, personally. It's probably the last great match before the explosion, as far as tag teams go. So when you look at how, for example, Kawada and Kobashi exchange chops in the corner... Kobashi looks amazing doing them. And what's interesting is that what you have is you have Misawa and Kobashi. Kobashi is there, one, to take the fall usually, but two, and this is actually really super important, he is there to work hard and to allow the flow of the match to go through him until the punctuation moments which come from Misawa. When you look at Tawe and Kawada, Kawada is there to give the force to the match, Tawe who has always been seen as the weak link in these, and I, I understand it, but I disagree. Because what he's providing is the post. He is the one that is enabling the rest of the match with his presence. And this sound, sounds weird. I'm not saying he's just there to be the wrestling equivalent of a clothes horse. He's not there just to let the spots happen. Because he actually knows when to pick his spots. When he hits his Nodawa. When he goes for a big shoulder block. And his shoulder blocks are really impressive, actually. But he's also there to provide a menacing figure. Because as powerfully menacing, you know, the facials of Kawada are incredible. But the physicality of Tawei is impressive. And here, you see that all over the place. Him facing off with... Kobashi is great. Him facing off with Misawa is great. But what's incredible is his timing of how he sells. So when he takes, for example, pretty simple, a drop kick, he sells it very much like Giant Baba would, except there is more of a physical presence to him. Let me rephrase that. More of an athletic physical presence to him. So it actually looks like Kobashi is nailing him and killing him, and he's reacting in a way that is beyond the average person. I love this match. This is actually—I like this one better than about two-thirds of the two— Yeah, I think Misawa Kobashi and Kowatawe of the about ten matches of theirs I've seen over the years. I've probably seen more than that, honestly. This is probably in the top four. And that's not a knock at all on this, of course— Because the three that are better than this are among the greatest tag team matches of all time. What's interesting about this being not considered one of the Four Pillars of Heaven matches is that this is the ground level. The story they are telling is not the story of them revolutionizing and becoming the face of All Japan. They already are. These are two and a half. I'll argue that the half is Kobashi and more of that will happen with the next... Episode, which will be all about Kobashi versus uh, Stan Hansen and how important that match is to all of this. But this is, at this point, we're being told this is going to be the showcase. But they're not the showcase yet. They are soon to be the showcase. And that's what makes this match really interesting. Historically, is you are seeing them working at the peak level of All Japan, more or less traditional style particularly more or less traditional booking. Because how does Kawada end it? With a powerbomb. And earlier he had gotten a powerbomb, and it got a near fall that was hot. But what you'll also notice is that the heat that is generated in this match is different than that you would get in the big, huge series that they did later in the year and going on through the 90s. Part of that is because, really at this point, it is... Misawa and a partner versus, Ko, versus Kawada and a partner. Those two had to establish themselves first before it could become this massive thing. And Kobashi does that right away. Kobashi has two matches that 100% are as important to his story as Misawa's match with Tsuruda is to his story. And watching that evolution really changes the way I think about wrestling in general because it shows how when you focus towards an in-ring goal, an in-ring stylistic goal in specific, and you can deliver, it changes the entire industry. And there is no doubt at all that the industry has been changed by these matches. Kenny Omega, Rocky Romero, so many others have talked about how important these matches were And if you look at New Japan style today, it is far more influenced by the Four Pillars of Heaven matches than any other series I could think of. I mean, maybe, and there's the argument that the Four Pillars of Heaven concept is based on old NWA Heavyweight Championship matches, which I sort of go back and forth on. I think it's actually based partly on how NWA Heavyweight Championship matches were Presented But I think From a working standpoint From a selling standpoint in particular They are based on how Former champions When they came to Japan on the regular Ended up interacting with the natives And I'm talking about some very specific people Terry Funk, Dory Funk uh, Stan Hansen, okay, technically Um, But Nick Bachwinkle Even Bruno Sammartino. They informed what the Four Pillars of Heaven would become. And we'll talk a lot more about that in a few weeks. Probably a couple months. Let's be honest. I'm slow. But we're going to see a whole lot more of what All Japan was in 1993. The most important year in the history of professional wrestling from an in-ring standpoint as far as I'm concerned. Because of how the Four Pillars were built. So I hope you'll stay tuned for the next ones.